we usually don't think of feet as being beautiful, not unless they bring the good news of God's salvation. Then they are the most beautiful feet of all. And the salvation that God won for us will be proclaimed to the ends of the earth. The Old Testament lesson for this Christmas day, Isaiah 52. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. We sing together the psalm, Psalm 67. Our second lesson for this Christmas day is taken from the letter to the Hebrews, the opening verses. A portion of this reading will serve as the basis of our Christmas message for today. 
God's salvation does come through his son who came for us. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. And speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness, Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please stand for the reading of the Christmas Gospel lesson. The Gospel lesson for this Christmas celebration is taken from John chapter 1. The Word of God becomes flesh, making known the mystery of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Word of the Lord. You may be seated. We continue with hymn number 58.
Yes, hail redemption's morn. And here we are rejoicing knowing that a Savior has been born. And that all those who believe in Jesus will be born again to eternal life. And what a joy it is to know that here on earth and in heaven above, God's saints and angels praise that Christ child, dear friends. Last weekend in our worship services, the last Sunday in Advent, we talked a little bit about how many of our Christmas customs and traditions symbolize some of the simple truths of Christmas, like gift-giving, God gave his son, the Christmas tree, everlasting life pointing to heaven. We also talked about the various foods that we enjoy at this time of year, special foods that we usually don't eat at any other time during the year, maybe a symbol, a reminder of that banquet, that feast that awaits us in heaven. And then, yes, we talked about our family gatherings, and I know that many families are here this morning together to worship God. May God bless your Christmas celebration today. But today I begin by asking a question about another custom or tradition. What would you say is one of the most expensive things that we do at Christmas time? Now I know that we perhaps don't do it as much as we used to with the internet now. But arguably, when you think about all the time and the effort and the expense, I would submit to you this morning that one of the more expensive Christmas customs is sending Christmas cards to friends and loved ones. I think I sent over 70 this year. So when you think of all that you have to pay for and the postage and the like, it's kind of an expensive endeavor. And especially when you consider that what do we usually do with those Christmas cards? I remember growing up, my parents used to tape them around the archways in our house as part of the decorations. But after a while, unless you're a crafty person, we usually throw them all away. I'd like to begin this morning with a story that I've shared with you in the past about a lady who wouldn't throw a Christmas card away. You might remember it. Years ago in Manitowoc, we always had a, a service on a Sunday afternoon in a nursing home, and I was there that Sunday afternoon just before Christmas, and there was a, a kind Christian old lady who often greeted us at the door, and that Sunday afternoon before Christmas, she greeted me and she showed me a Christmas card that she had received, but there was something unusual about it. It was yellow and old, and filled with her smudges from her fingertips. It was a Christmas card from her son, but it was 15 years old. She never threw it away. And I always kind of wondered about that card. What, was it the last one that she had received from her son, and what happened to him? Had he died? Had he forgotten about her? I never found out. Well, all I know is that Christmas greeting card was precious to her, and she never threw it away. Well, this morning I'd like to talk to you about a Christmas greeting that we don't want to throw away either. It's Christ. You could actually say that Christ is God's Christmas greeting to us again this morning. And I want to talk about that a little bit based on that lesson from the letter to the Hebrews. 
because Christ is God's Christmas greeting, we know that through him God expresses his saving love. And we know that through him God extends to us the hope of eternal life. To whom do you send Christmas cards or greetings? Usually we send them to friends and acquaintances and, and co-workers, but, but most of all we send them to our loved ones. And that's the very reason why we send them, because we want to express our love to our loved ones at Christmas time. And that's a tangible way in doing it. Well, the writer to the Hebrews reminds us that, that Christ is God's greeting to us, expressing God's love. He put it this way, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these latter days, these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. After man fell into sin, God promised a Savior who was going to come and rescue mankind. And down through the centuries, God repeated that promise at various times and in various ways through his prophets of old. But when Jesus came, he was God's final word. And he didn't come to change the message or to nullify the message of God's saving love. He came to fulfill it. He is God's expression of love to each of us. The prophets spoke in behalf of God. Jesus is God. And when he speaks, we listen. And what's the message that Jesus came to bring to us, of which we celebrate again today? Is it not God's saving love? Christ is God's Christmas greeting to us again this morning. So if you want to know, does God really love me? Does God really love you? Then listen to God's Christmas greeting, Jesus. He says, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. If you want to know whether or not there is forgiveness for your sins, if I want to know if I have forgiveness for my sins, then listen to the son. He says, son, daughter, you have good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And if you want to know whether or not God's Christmas gift of eternal life is yours, then listen to the Son. He says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many, for all. And if you want to be assured that death does not have the final say, then listen to God's Son. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. So if you want to know about God's saving love, then go to the scriptures and hear the voice of your Savior in the manger as the angels sing. Look at your Savior on the cross as he dies for you. And look at your Savior's empty tomb. He rose for you. Jesus, the Christ, is God's Christmas greeting again to us this morning. And it's so much more expensive than any greeting we send because Jesus didn't send God's love through the mail. Think of what he spent so that you and I could have his love. He left his home, his glory in heaven, and he died here on earth for you and me, his blood. What a precious gift. God's Christmas greeting, the Christ child. And that Christmas greeting does not only express God's saving love, it extends hope 
hope of eternal life in heaven. You know, I, I would bet my bottom dollar if I look at the Christmas greetings either you sent or you received, they pretty much say the same thing, don't they? That through that greeting, we, we wish people a Merry Christmas and the Christ child. And then it also expresses usually a hope for a Happy New Year, right? And we want that for our loved ones. We want them to find joy in the Christ child. We want them to have a happy and healthy new year. But you and I are powerless to do that. It still is only a greeting, only a wish. But not so with the greeting that the Christ child brings to us. He is God. He's the God-man. And He not only promises us a future, He is the one who came and won that future for us. Listen again to how the writer to the Hebrews put it. His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom He made the universe, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. One of the things that amazes me about Christmas, if you really think about the miracle, is the baby Jesus was held in the arms of Mary, through whom he received life, and through whom God sustained his life. He relied on Mary and Joseph for life. And all the while, she was holding that son and nursing him and helping him to grow. All the while, he was watching and protecting them. Isn't that amazing? He relied on them for life. And at the same time, they were relying on him for life. Because he is God the all-powerful. And so he could do what no one else could do. He won our salvation. After Adam fell into sin, things changed for the worse. He not only broke his perfect relationship with God, he broke his perfect relationship with his spouse. And because of man's fall into sin, the destiny of man was to suffer sickness and doomed to die. And no better way could God demonstrate that than what he did after they fell. Remember what he did? So that they would not have right access to the tree of life in the garden. What did God do? He sent an angel and then with a flaming sword he barred man from that tree. But then God raised another tree in the life of his son. The cross of Calvary. And there on that cross, Jesus purified us with his precious blood. And then by that sacrifice, what happened? He ascended and he was seated in glory at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And because he accomplished our salvation, you and I now have access to the tree of life in heaven above. Today is a strange Christmas day for me. It's the first Christmas my mom spent is spending without my dad. And yet I know he's still celebrating. Because the angel guards the, the gate no more. Heaven is open to all of us. And that's what makes Christmas so special. And that's why I love that Christmas hymn. 
when we sing, He opens us again the door of paradise today. The angel guards the gate no more. To God our thanks we pay. To God our thanks we pay. You see, Christ is God's Christmas greeting. And it's one we never want to throw away. It's one we want to hold on to our entire life by faith for our own salvation and hold on to that Christmas greeting so that you can share it with everyone you meet. Yes, in Christ Jesus, you and I can have a blessed Christmas celebration today, but we will have a blessed Christmas celebration forever in heaven. Amen.